podcast. My name is Nina Sunday and today I have with, with us Mark Schulman, who's an international speaker. He speaks on the power of attitude to companies like Dell, American Express, IBM. And he's also international rock and roll royalty because he's been drummer for Pink. Uh, he's uh, toured and recorded with Billy Idol, Sheryl Crow. I'm going to go on with a long list. Foreigner, Stevie Nicks, Destiny's Child, Cher, and Tina Turner, winner of numerous gold and platinum discs, and he's appeared on just about every American and European uh, TV talk show, The Tonight Show, David Letterman, American Idol. Mark's message is about the power of attitude. Welcome, Mark, to Madison. Thank you, Nina. What an intro. I want to take you everywhere. <laughs> and and, you're, and you're, you're quite a rock star yourself in the speaking business, so I feel oh, honored to be, it's fun like speaker to speaker, I rarely get to do podcasts with other speakers where we can really dive into exactly. the nuance. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, so we've been having a conversation about, uh, you know, the power of motivation, and my question was, why is it that some people are self-motivated and others are not, and can you learn to be more self-motivated? I think that uh, people that are self-motivated, that does have a lot to do with your influence as a kid, your upbringing, um, and also your physiology. I believe that we are all born who we are. Like my daughter is 10 years old and she's had the same personality her whole life. So some people are assertive and tenacious and very motivated. Other people by nature are not. But I believe that it is certainly something that we can cultivate and learn. Um, the reason why I sort of selected attitude as my flagship focus these days, where we're writing our, I'm writing a book uh, with a co-writer, Dr. Jim Samuels, and it's what I speak on is called actually con uh, uh, hacking the rock star attitude, is that we can't always control what happens to us. There's particularly like, you know, the pandemic is such a classic example of that. But at any moment in time, we all have the power to shift, change or choose our attitudes about what happened to us. And this is very, very empowering because your attitude is like your point of view. It's your vantage point, your disadvantage point. Um, and remember, it's not what we look at, it's what we see and perceive. But what makes attitudes so profound is it's part of this incre this incredibly powerful formula because your attitude is actually what drives your behavior. And think about that for a minute. So by being committed to consciously shift your attitude, you actually can drive different behaviors, which affects your motivation and then produce more desirable consequences. It's A times B equals C, attitude, behavior, consequence. And you can drive motivation by shifting your attitude and focusing on certain things that motivate you, literally. Uh, I focus, gratitude is a very big one. I use gratitude as an attitude shift because gratitude is really a focus on your strengths, on your wins. When you immerse yourself in gratitude, you're pulling yourself out of 
that component of scarcity because it's so easy, especially these days in these times, to be focusing on what isn't working and the blocks and the barriers and the fear and the anxiety. When you're focusing on gratitude, you're focusing on sort of the celebration of what you've achieved and what others have achieved. And that can be very motivating. So talking about the power of appreciation. And sometimes people uh, are given gifts and they kind of uh, think, you know, take it in their stride or take it for granted. And if we can actually spend each day being grateful for what has come to us that day, well, it actually cultivates this whole optimism that in fact drives your motivation. Would that be right? Absolutely. And that's that's, consequences. And of course, we started off talking about this nature versus nurture. Uh, Yes. The idea that uh, to what extent are you born with or can you cultivate uh, a winning attitude? Um, And so really, I'm of the belief that it's um, not fixed mindset, but growth mindset. You can learn to become better or a better version of yourself to uh, coin a, a common phrase. I mean, we are the we limit ourselves. We put the ceilings there ourselves because the truth is that if if you're if you one of the things I I've also come to appreciate is the value of recognizing opportunities, which also can be very motivating, because people tend to miss opportunities. I'm the kind of guy that will look and spot something and say, "Wow, I could make something out of nothing today." I mean, my speaking business. I'm a drummer for God's sakes. You know, I did come from a family of two professors, so I got the teaching gene, but recognizing that I could um, leverage my quote unquote celebrity, and I don't look at myself as a celebrity, I look at myself as being in the service business of, you know, helping to be of service to celebrities, but I realized because I have a lot of philosophical background, I was able to use my experience and leverage and create opportunities. So the more opportunities you recognize and create, the more motivated you become. Because when you have purpose, you're motivated. And for me, I realize that it starts with passion. You become passionate about something. But passion is sort of, I describe it as that's how we play it. Like if I look at drums, there's what we play and how we play it. It's like for the rock star performers, it's not about what we play, it's about how we play it. That's the passion. But you need to go even further. You need to have purpose, and the purpose is why we do it. So the more deeply in touch we are with our intrinsic motivation, the why, the more we, that is our motivation. The why becomes the, the, the thread that pulls it all together and keeps it together when the passion starts to die out. Absolutely, and when you've got a, 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 a powerful why, you will do whatever it takes to achieve that goal because I think there's a story in your life where a door closed, you wanted to join a particular super, super group Right. And your drumming apparently at that time wasn't really, you know, on on the beat. And so what did you do to make sure that you became a super drummer? Well, that I thought that was going to be the defining moment where I got my first big gig. Instead, it was a defining moment where I miserably failed the gig. And every entrepreneur I study, any of the greatest accomplished people I'll say they failed a gazillion times and they failed really big. So the key is when you fail to use that as an opportunity to learn and to drive more growth and opportunity. So that was the day I was either going to step off the stage permanently or instead I just got 
like sort of angry, determined. There's two forms of anger. There's rebellion and determined. I got determined and I thought, I'm determined. I made two promises to myself. I said, no one's going to tell me I'm speeding up or slowing down unless I want to speed up or slow down because I was speeding up horribly. And I said, also, I'm going to channel and I'm going to convert this fear into confidence. So I made that agreement with myself. So that's what I focus on. I spent two years doing this music program only to work on my internal sense of time, my internal meter to make sure that I, no matter given what situation, no matter how nervous I'd ever become, I could still have a solid tempo because that's the foundation, not only for drummers, but for every other musician. And then the other one is that I would transform my fear into confidence. And that's when I got really committed to studying and learning about philosophy and understanding how I could channel this and how I could recognize the opportunity and then take advantage and take action. Because I, I said, you know, even when I go on the road, I think, well, I could go out and party tonight or I could write my book. I could write a speech. I could come up with a new concept. I could do a new video. And I start to get motivated because I see the opportunities. And that's what makes me excited is the you've opportunity of got, creating you've also got an overarching purpose that why that drives yeah what motivates us the most i think is i mean you know we like to say it's all about the journey but the truth is that goal if you see if you can see and taste and smell the end goal you know i knew i wanted to be a successful speaker so i saw myself doing that i saw myself on big stages you know i started out doing drum clinics i was you know talking to drummers for i did hundreds of those but that's where i sharpened a bit of my skill set then i studied with an acting coach a director a storyteller i studied with patricia fripp i studied with you know everybody i could just to just to learn and, and expand on the craft because i knew that i saw i knew that i could do it and I, I was relentless. I would cold call speakers bureaus, and we all know that that's a no-no, but I had a good opening line because I said, hey, I'm the drummer for Pink, and I've got this really cool top performance speech that I think might interest you, and it's very different. Can I have 30 seconds of your time? And nobody said no, so that's how I developed. <laughs> you know, I cultivated relationships. Every bit of success I've had, I think I said earlier, is based on the relationships that I've cultivated. So it really comes down to how you spend your time and who you spend your time with. And also, Mark, you appear to have the humility of the truly great. By that I mean, you, are, you know that if you want to become better at something, you get the best coach and you put in best time to, to, to master uh, the, you know, all the underpinnings of that skill. Because I do meet people who go, oh, I'm a natural. And they think they don't have to learn anything. But even, you know, the best genius actors, Tom Cruise, uh, Dustin Hoffman, uh, all those great, uh, Meryl Streep, all those great genius actors, they have studied their craft and probably still do study their craft over and over. Oh, my God. I, I got to tell you that, you know, to me, people like you, the, the successful speakers are my rock stars now. I, you know, I'm really good friends with Dan Thurman and Shep Hyken and Michael McQueen. And, you know, I, I, these people I study, I'm humbled by people that are great at this craft because I believe that even though I'm successful at it, I'm still one of the new kids on the block well, because so many people have been doing it for so many years. So I, I believe we're conduits. 
I, I don't believe that it's me. I don't for one minute think that it's my ego. I do the work. I can take responsibility for doing the work, but what comes through me, I think that it's so senseless and, and almost embarrassing when people take credit for stuff that comes through them, take credit for creativity and take credit. It's like, no, you know, you are fortunate enough to have some natural ability to be a conduit, to be connected with something that is firing through you. So have humility for God's sake. It's interesting you should say that because one word that I afford it, I think is the super conscious and it's the, kind of the, the thoughts of the whole world. In other words, if you've got an idea for an innovation or an invention, do something with it because it's it's certain that there's another person on the other side of the world with exactly the same idea. The person that will succeed will be the one that takes massive action. Just that yeah. I believe the uh, the Orville brothers may have invented flight, but someone else actually did invent it, but they didn't do something with it. <laughs> so there, yeah. no one knows about them. But they yeah, I know. Malcolm Gladwell talks about that. I forget who the actual inventor is. Yeah. But, you know, and it's funny, and sometimes... You know, the, fir the first inventor is not this, the big success story. Sure. You know, like you had MySpace, which was moderately successful, but then you had Facebook, which was an expansion of MySpace that sort of took over and wow, you know. Yeah. So you don't have to be the first, you need to be the most tenacious and the one that's aware that you're responsible for getting your brand out there. Yeah, and doing right. everything you can do. Plus, if you believe in your message, then you believe, like, I believe that I am here of service. Everything I do is of service. When I'm on stage with Pink, I'm of service to Pink, the band, the audience, the crew. When I'm giving a speech, I'm of service to the audience. I don't dare ever think, wow, it's all about me, baby. Look at me. I'm like, if I'm not motivating you to make a change to take action in your life, then I shouldn't be up here. Well, that's, that's a very refreshing attitude, Mark. And uh, I think that's really how we can serve if we take that attitude of uh, the point of view of the person that we're trying to impact. It's not about making us look good. It's about the message that we're communicating. So it's making, them, it's making them look good. Like I always tell people, I don't want, when I'm done, I don't want you to go, oh man, Mark's such a rock star. I want you to think, oh, I feel like a rock star because that's my goal when I speak is to impart and give people that that swagger and and some of the secrets and some of the sauce the secret sauce so to speak that they can actually use to enhance their personal and business lives by shifting their attitudes because the stories I tell are mostly about the rock and rollers and myself and experiences that we've had but that's what we're here to do right as a speaker it's like you don't get on stage to make yourself to blow yourself up you get on stage because you need these people need to hear you they, they need to walk away with something that's valuable that they needed to hear that day so if we take this uh back to the workplace and to say middle managers who are leading a team i think could the tragic the flaw be is a manager who thinks that they have to be the source of all the good ideas and it's kind of look at me aren't i great Whereas aren't, isn't it their role to improve or increase the capability of their individual contributors? Do you have uh, something to say about that? Well, I, I, all I can say is I completely agree because the most effective leaders are the ones that empower the people that they lead. 
Um, even I remember Nelson Mandela talking about his father, who was the head of head of a tribe, and his father. They'd go to these tribal meetings, and he used to go when he was a kid. And his father would let everybody else talk, and he would speak last. That way, he was able to. Everybody else really felt like they were heard and felt like they were listened to. You know what I found is one of the greatest. Um, bits of power any of us can have as being a great listener. Yes. And and if people feel like they're being heard, you are empowering them. So if you go and you just you act autocratic and dictatorial, you're not serving people. You're actually sort of barking at them. Exactly. And people feel we feel the most fulfilled when we feel like when we feel like we've created something or something's come through us. So the great leaders are the ones that nurture everybody to bring out the best in them, not bark orders and tell them what to do to make sure that it gets done. Because that's not for the highest good of all concern. That just means that the leader is making it might be making his quota, but then you're you know you're not holding on to the workforce. And I think one of the one of the trends certainly with millennials now is that millennials are very choosy so you know the idea is you want to hang on to great people and the way you hang on to great people is to make them feel great in the workspace make them feel valuable make them feel like they are contributing and they are important rather than just giving them an opportunity and, and a manager has to be big enough or confident enough inside themselves to be willing to give credit to other people, to the people around them. And nothing's worse than a manager that actually takes credit for a, for a team member's idea. Oh. That, that engenders resentment and that person will never forget. <laughs> well, I, I heard a saying somebody I was just listening to said, you know, the great leaders or great managers, if you're in a leadership position, they they take the flack for the things that go wrong and they give the they give the 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 wins to everybody else and you know simon senek i mean he, he's famous for writing that book you know leaders eat lunch last because if you're a great leader like like pink is a great leader you know we have 225 people on the road um she is so wonderful about making other people feel valuable and she sits in catering with with everybody and she might talk to the truck driver or the third carpenter everybody's important to her she doesn't put herself above everybody else as a matter of fact it was funny one day there was a long line in catering and she was at the back of the line and her manager's like go to the front she said i'm not going to go to the front how's that going to make everybody else feel and how and then what kind of what kind of you know example am i setting and that to me is is magical that because that's what great leaders do attitude Great leaders have that attitude. Great leaders empower and embolden everybody else around them as opposed to taking the credit. And uh, don't get me started on our current politics, but... Well, we won't because we're almost out of time, Mark. <laughs> but, <laughs> but honestly, it's been a true pleasure and a joy speaking with you. And uh, you just exude the enthusiasm that uh, you uh, speak about when you're on stage. So... I hope to uh, see you on stage in Australia in the near future. Yes, I hope we get to speak together because you're brilliant. And <laughs> I I, I'm honored to have this conversation with you. And I said, it's so fun to speak speaker to speaker. I really yeah, get to wonderful. do that on podcast. So thanks so much, Mark. And you have a great year and uh, see you around.
Thanks, Nina. Take care. Stay safe. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>